Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com, the tool that makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and goals, and the Wondersuite tools will automatically lay out your WordPress website or store in minutes. Seriously. From there, you can customize your design, pick your brand colors and add blocks, no custom theme or coding required. You'll get content suggestions that you can keep or revise. And with Yoast SEO built in, we automatically help you get found in search engines. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins to an AI-powered help bot, our built-in tools make WordPress wonderful for everyone. Maybe that's why Bluehost has been recommended by WordPress.org since 2005. Whether you're a beginner or a pro, you can join over 2 million Bluehost users. Go to bluehost.com wondersuite. That's bluehost.com wondersuite. May I have your attention, please? I think this is a good idea. Dreams without voice. People are getting fed up with corporate America. I want you to get up, stand up, fight back, ask what you can do for your country. Don't call it a comeback. All right, guys, welcome to another edition of Quarter Launch. We just did this two seconds ago, but we're going to do it again. My name is Jeremy Griffin. We're broadcasting live from the pod shop at Startup Street, 3024 West Swan Avenue. More information on Startup Street at thestartupstreet.com. We are joined once again by my man, Danny Varaki. Good morning. Bringing the love, my man Andrew. Good morning. And we got Mike Zara in the house from Tiago National Title. Good morning, good morning. Mike, once again, how are you doing this morning? I'm doing great. We're also joined by my man Greg from Nicaragua. We've got him live on Zoom. All right, for you guys listening right now uh, on the finished podcast, we're going to attempt to patch this Zoom audio into the podcast and see if we can't figure that out and do the best we can. Otherwise, if you hear somebody asking a question and you can't really hear them, that's what's going on. So maybe I'll paraphrase your questions or something, Greg, or something like that, you know. So Mike, Mike uh, just bought a beautiful building down the street. Tiago's got how many offices in how many states now? Uh, I want to say we have 12 or 13 offices in three or four states, but we do business in about 40. But you do business in about 40. Okay, cool. So I want to get into what's that like uh, expanding state by state, how long you've been doing it, the ins and outs, lessons learned. But for our listeners that are not quite sure, what does title do? Sure. So essentially what title insurance is, it's a protective policy like property and casualty. However, it's for things that occur on a piece of property prior to an actual closing. Property casualty is for future. If, if your house floods or if there's wind damage or hail, uh, what title insurance does, it's for things that people have done in the past. If there is an easement, if there was an open line of credit, uh, if, there was a, you know, if, if there was a fraudulent transfer of an actual deed. It does everything to be able to, to make sure that you can have the enjoyments of the quality of the product of the property that you're actually purchasing. And the protection, right? And the protection. So if anything, like, for example, say I sold you my house, but, for example, I got it through a fraudulent deed, there would be a claim for the title insurance, and then you'd be able to go after the policy for the value of the purchase price so that they either make it right and find the correct person to get the deed signed, or uh, or obviously you get paid out for the policy, and then you move on. Gotcha, gotcha. So when you guys are doing that, um, and self-admittedly, I mean, even though, you know, Amber knows what she's, t- she talks to me about this stuff all the time. And I know I just, it's like it, probably like white noise in your dude, ear. It goes I way over it. my head. I get it. You know yeah. what I mean? It just yeah. goes a lot. It's of times super it complicated. Goes. No one really gets what we do, but exactly. it, you know, is, you know, without being biased, I honestly believe that we have the most important job in the real estate transaction. You know, you know, yeah. you know, with the realtor, the lenders, everything involved, the title insurance company is literally for lack of a better term, the glue of the transaction. We, we bring There's the no buy, doubt. you know, we keep the buyers together, the sellers together. If the realtors are arguing, you know, if the lender is not bringing what they're supposed to bring to the table on time, we literally bring everybody together and say, everyone has to play nice, we have to play well together, and we got to get a deal done because there's consumers at the end of the day that right. are relying on all of us to be professional. Right. So what we do is make sure everyone sticks to the deadlines to assure that they get what they've paid for. Gotcha. gotcha. I have a question. Yeah. So if I bought a house and I came to see you, I had to finance some of it, you'd have to get me title. I'd have to have 
Title insurance. Correct. Say I had the house for seven months, and the market spiked 30%, okay? But now we find out that the title is faulty. Do I get that money back, or do I get the money plus what the house is worth now? No. So essentially, you get the policy, the, the policy. amount of the policy that you actually bought. That's it. That's it. And then... So even if the price escalated and went up 50%. Even if it decreased 50%. You know, it'd still be the policy mm, amount. See, because it goes, goes oh, okay. both ways. Yeah, policy exactly. Twist. So, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. But, 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 however, on outside of that, you know, because in my previous life, I was an attorney as well. I don't practice law kind of outside of the en- the entity anymore. But you would have a civil suit on the other side of it to to recoup the difference, because you were fraudulently induced into a purchase of a transaction, not by the title company, but by the other parties that actually bought or sold the property to you. Interesting. Yeah. See, you're, you're automatically programmed to think the price is going up because we're all living the good life right now in real I've estate, I've seen it the right? other way where things, you know, yes, take exactly. a nosedive. And that was kind of one of the things that, you know, you know, you know, which I guess is a good way for us to segue is, so when we started this company, we started it in a recession. And everyone thought I was out of my fucking mind to start a company during a recession. <laughs> and the way that, you know, my wife and I looked at it was is, well, shit, is if you can explain to people that you're so confident in starting a company during a recession when things are good, there's no reason why they wouldn't use you. Mm-hmm. And I was just in, you know, is I worked as general counsel for a national title company, and, you know, my boss just wasn't with it, and, you know, he wasn't a leader. Is It was always, you know, is, you know, I have a three-year-old daughter, and so essentially is I read this book to her by the Berenstein Bears called The Blame Game, and his position always was it was somebody else's fault. All the time. There's always somebody you're gonna, else's you're fault. You're going to send him a copy of that book one of these days? <laughs> He's in a place where he doesn't get books anymore. Okay. <laughs> um, but he only gets one hour of exercise a day. <laughs> it's something like that. And, 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 so, and, and so essentially what it came down to was um, I couldn't get behind that. And so, you know, is, you know, so Kelly comes from a family of entrepreneurs. You know, my family had always worked for other people. But it got to a point where, you know, I kept hearing from her, you can do this, son. You guys can do this. You can do this. You can do this. And so finally, we started it. And then it's actually funny, but my boss found out I was starting a company, and he, and he fired me via text message. And, and, and he's like, you're fired. You know why? And literally, it was the best thing that ever happened to me. It was the best thing that ever happened to me because it literally took the ceiling that I thought or the floor that was there and said, all right, you have no parachute. You're on your own. When one door closes, another one always opens. And so literally, you know, I walked out of, you know, having a huge salary as an as an attorney for a national company to literally nothing in less than 15 minutes. But it literally it the fear that goes through you is it's invigorating. And so I never forget what made me want to start this company and why Kelly and I started the company was because we knew that there was a better way to do things. Right. And all it did was, you know, ingrain everything in us. So, like, I work, like I go to work every single day. I wear a shirt and tie to work every single day because I feel that you dress for the job that you want and also for the position where you want your company to go. And for me, you know, I want us to be one of the top 100%. entities in the state of Florida and in the other states that we do business in. You know, prime example is we have been in Florida for less than four years. We've been doing business here for a lot longer when we were afar. But before I came down here and kind of felt like Christopher Columbus, like on my own looking for a territory, mm-hmm. is we had no business down here outside of our refi national clients. And we came in here and the way the end of year report worked, we were like, I think in like the Pinellas, Hillsborough, Polk, and like three or four other counties surrounding here, we were like in the top 10. It's pretty damn good. But I tell everybody, we have more work to get done. We have to grind. We have to continue to go. And it's not that I'm not appreciative of where we're going, but as a leader, you literally have to be able to say, I'm taking the bull by the horns. I lead by example. Burn the boats. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And I literally go after it. You know, it's like I look at other people's territory and I say, this is going to be ours. And that's why I try yep. to lead the charge for all, of our, for all of our people to always be cross-selling and to always be going after new items. 100%. 100%. So when you're making the decision then to just come to Florida – what did you did you like did you did you fly in here did you drive down oh, you were you, living here at the time I was living in Colorado yeah wow, wow. Yeah. so like what, I, what what was that process uh, all right. you know? so it's actually kind of a funny story <laughs> and so wow Colorado so, to Florida <laughs> yeah so it started off is that we had 
a license down here because we had a refi client and we were getting business, we we're getting business. And then one person, you know, kind of popped up and goes, Hey, you know, I've, I've heard of you through, through mutual, you know, clients and through some mutual contacts that we actually have in the title insurance space. Cause that's the thing is the title insurance space is so closely knit. All of us know each other, even if we're in different states, we all talk. Everybody knows when other people's employees are talking to other people. So it's just the, so on the builders and the banks and the, yeah, I have a real yep. estate attorney friend. Yeah. Like he does stuff with Pulte and all the big guys and like everybody knows everybody, everybody knows everybody. Yeah. And so coming to Colorado, I'm, so, I'm sorry, coming to Florida from Colorado, you know, it was kind of like sailing on a ship trying to plant your flag. And I was like, okay, how the hell do I do this? It's exciting though. But it was exciting. I, I, I was excited every single time I got on that plane. And I literally for two years went back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. <laughs> and it just, and Florida just kept growing. But it started literally with one employee, you know, and I had to take a chance on them. They had to take a chance on me. And then it just blew up. It literally blew up. And, again, it comes down to that, you know, you have to be the leader that other people want to get behind. 100%. Because when I was coming down here at first, when I, when I would talk to some people, they're like, are you out of your fucking mind? <laughs> like, I don't know who the hell you are. Why am well, I going to leave a job? And, and, so, yeah. Yeah, and, and it's tough, too, because, like, so somebody like you – Will, you're going to say I'm going to do something, and this yep. is what I want to do, and you actually do it. Yep. That does, that's not how most people are, right? Yep. Most people say that they're going to do something, and then they, they just never get never around to it. it. You know what I mean? And, it's, and, and what ends up happening is it's not that you know, the people who say they're going to do it, you have to remember that never do anything, they're also pitching everybody too. So you're trying to tell people these visions that you have, and they're just so used to just hearing nothing but crap. It's like pie everyone. in the sky to, to, to most people. And so, but what it was, though, is it, it you know, it was almost like, you know, as uh, if you've ever built a fire and you have a little bit of kindling. I just had to get the spark. And then as soon as I got the spark, it just started to grow and grow and grow and grow. And we've done it organically is, is just by, you know, is people be like, you got to meet Mike. You got to meet Mike. Once you listen yep. to him, you'll feel what I feel. Right. And that's what I sell. I sell myself as to we can be better than what else is out there because there are a lot of companies that do really bad work. And not to say that we haven't had our ups and downs or all faults because we do. Everybody does. But the way that I take it for all of our offices is we admit fault when we made a mistake. We don't hide from it. We don't blame anybody. We don't point the finger. We say, yeah, this was not good or this was downright awful. Right. And you could, but, you could never be a politician. No. No, I'm too honest. (laughs) And but I think that's what makes people want to get behind the vision that we've created is the fact is I expect everyone to have that same, for lack of a better term, mojo that that I have is we're here. We're not going away. We're going to continue to push forward. And if something didn't work out and we lost a customer, we're going to go back to them five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten times and say, hey, you know what? This is what we've done to adapt or adjust. As I was just, you know, we had a marketing meeting yesterday. I said, it's like adapt and pivot. Adapt and pivot. Is something doesn't work, we change it. We just don't sit there with the same employees or the same wrong Mm -hmm. people. Dig in. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Is we keep moving because I have a problem of, um, I don't know how to give up on anything. And mm-hmm. if you talk to Kelly, she'll tell you that it drives her crazy because, like, I'm so pig-headed sometimes to the point I'm like, I'm going to get it right. right. I'm going to get it right. I'm going to get it right. Or she'll hear all the time, the next wave is coming. The next wave is coming. She's like, you always tell me there's a wave. There's always a wave coming. You know, you always got <laughs> something cooking. You always got something brewing. Something's happening. You're going here. You're doing this. Right. So-and-so's coming on board. It's like we were joking on the other day because I was telling her about some other, you know, some people that were bringing on board. And she goes, who's that? And I was like, oh, I told you about Steve. And she goes, Steve? You got a Steve? And I was like, yeah, I got a Steve. <laughs> yeah. It, 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 you know. So it's the gift and the curse. Yeah. It, you know, but it's amazing, though, because like, I love everyone that works for me, and I love everyone that is eventually going to come on board that works for us, because I believe that it's a mutual respect. And one of the things that I try to uh, bring into our, our, in, in, into our space, but you know, our buildings, is that this is an entrepreneurial mindset and entrepreneurial spirit is there's not one way to do things. There's not a Mike way of doing things is you're in the office. You're doing the job. You tell me what works and what doesn't work. What can make our product better? Right. And I think that's the thing that a lot of companies inside of title or outside of title, 
they are stuck in their ways and go like, nope, the manual says we do it this way. This is the only way that I know how to yep. do it. I'm sorry, but I can't turn the page because Why, did we didn't you, go to that next pitch. Did you hit the nail on the head? I mean, you just like, <laughs> if you want to get a 101 business education, this is it. Because, you know, it's always the fact that you said you love your employees. That's huge. Yeah. So when you walk in that office every day, they can feel that vibration. You don't even have to say anything to them. Oh, yeah. And the fact that you stand behind them and all the different things. And you started the company at a great time because if you, can, if you can make it in a down market when the market comes back, and there's more millionaires and billionaires created in bad markets anyway. Yeah. It's just a, you know. It's like learning how to drive on an old rusty five-speed, you know. <laughs> fact. But it's yeah. interesting you said that because you said it's not just what Mike knows, uh, you know. Because I was telling Jeremy the other day that Phil Knight from Nike, since he started the company, he's no longer the, uh, the chairman of the board anymore. I think he stepped down, but he always encouraged everyone in that company, if they had an idea to do it better or they had a better way or a better design, bring it to me. Bring yep. it to me. Bring it to me. Mm-hmm. Well, and, I tell everybody, then, don't give me problems. Give me solutions. And then you see the entire opposite. I'm going to bring him up one more time, Tom Brady, okay? But anyway, you see the entire opposite. This is a guy with a coach for 20 years, and this coach had to have it his way or it was the highway. So basically, Brady's trainer, Guerrero, that instilled that TB12. Did you see Gronk playing the other day in the game? Nothing on his on his yeah. forearm, no injuries, totally injury-free. And this Guerrero guy had half the Patriots on this, and Belichick threw him out of the Wichita call, told him he couldn't come on the plane anymore, and banned him from, from the sidelines. And look where, look where Brady is now. Yeah. He well, won another Super Bowl, and Belichick's going to be scrambling for the rest of his life to find another quarterback. Well, you know, it's amazing. But it, it is amazing. It no, really is. It's amazing just because, you know, I tell everybody is – People might come because of me at first, but people stay for the employees. Is the employees are what drive us, and that's why that's we what always builds the culture. It's the culture yeah. exactly. Is like I set the tone as to what the culture is. Is is that we run hard, we run like bulls. No one gets in our way. However, it's the people that have to continue to do it. So, for example, I take time every morning when I get into work, no matter what office I'm in. I go around and I say good morning to everybody because I think it's important, you know, that, you know, you're not the person that just walks up to your office, sits there, and just kind of starts grinding away. I literally Throw the jacket on the chair. Yeah, exactly. One, the one of my favorite sayings is, is people will never re- remember what you say, but they'll always remember the way you make them feel. Mm. Correct. And that's the thing. And that's that we a always huge try to make thing. our people feel heard. And, yeah. you know, and, and, you know, and sometimes the way that we are, it doesn't work for everybody because I get it. Like, I push hard. I really do, you know, is I push mm-hmm. my people hard because I push myself hard. And I tell everybody, I would never ask you to do something that I wouldn't do myself. For example, when COVID, you know, was going on, is before I asked any person in any office to do a closing, I, I did it myself. Lead by example. Just don't right. throw mm-hmm. your people into the fodder. I was, if I'm willing to do it myself, you know, then, you know, then other people are willing to look at it and say, okay, it's not just words. He's not sitting in some ivory tower. Yeah. Telling us what to do, dictating down, and then yeah. you know just expecting for things to occur. Big and I difference. think, yeah, it's like I think it yeah. makes a difference, and, oh, it's, huge, and huge it's something difference. that difference. people can get behind. And that's you know, it's you know, I try to empower our people, and you know, it's like I always ask them, what do you think would make your job better? Tell me what would make your job better, right, what yeah. make us more efficient. You know, is because we're all about efficiencies. Is but the problem is we're in an industry where, where we have all these efficiencies, we have all this technology is you can't forget to pick up the phone. Is, you know, we, you know, we still have to have a, like a human element to what we do to be able to make sure that you know, people know what we do and that we're here. We're here to help them. I had a friend a uh, while ago owned a restaurant. restaurant was kind of, you know, it wasn't like falling apart, but it was it's getting stagnant. He's mm-hmm. it like, I just I don't know what I got to do to... I said, go in and wash dishes. He's like, what? I was like, go jump in the kitchen for a full week wash dishes, go get involved again. You know what I mean? Lead. Yeah. Lead by example. And here's yeah. the thing. When you do that, too, I think that a lot of times when you're running companies and whatnot, it's natural to get removed from that base level because you have to if you're going to be able to grow the company. Oh, yeah. But to be like you just said, if, if, if we're going to decide that we're going to do this, then let me do it first. You know what I mean? And like 
you're in the office with them, so you still have can keep your fingers, you know what I mean, in mm. it at the at the grassroots level. But like some some of these guys, you know what I mean, like like with the restaurant thing. I mean, if you just show up for three hours it's once not a week, enough. yeah, it's no, like what it's like touch. It's like you know? watching Undercover Boss when they finally step off their pedestal and they mm. re- they do the yeah. makeup over and they go behind the scenes, then they realize some of the problems they have because they. Seeing them firsthand. <laughs> yeah, and, firsthand. And, and firsthand. you know, I think that's a solid example because the hardest part of growing anything is it's the culture, it's the structure, and then it's how you keep everything together. Because, like, for example, is like I joke with some people because, like, Kelly and I started this company from our basement. We didn't have enough money to be able to have a space at first. And, you know, is like I, I literally would wake up at like 4 o'clock in the morning. I would do all the examinations. We'd work through it. She would do some, you know, like, like the marketing and the client side of it. We'd field all the calls. We'd do everything. I'd go to bed at like midnight, wake up and do it again. You know, it was like I was like working in Bangladesh. Like yeah. I was almost working like 24 hours a day to get, all, you know, to get it off the <laughs> ground. But those are the things that you do to be able to get something off the ground. And that's what I think. You know, for anyone who's listening for any kind of, you know, is thinking about doing their own business is you literally have to be willing to sacrifice everything. Everything. Like I missed Christmas. Like, for example, we used to go down to see my folks for Christmas in Arizona. Missed Christmas for two years. Couldn't take the time off of work. We didn't go on vacations. You didn't do it. You have to be willing to sacrifice literally everything in the beginning. If you want to do this thing in the beginning. And most people are not willing to do it. Oh, your guy wants to say something. Coming down. <laughs> Thank you. Beautiful logo done. I spent all sorts of money on stationery and like that last and like out the window. Goodbye. The second one, <laughs> I just got black and white paper. I put ink on it. I worked out of my house just as Mike did. And I got to the point where I was in the inventory business. Yeah. I got to the point where when she couldn't get to the washing machine and the dryer because they had 5,000 pairs of sneakers. I had 10,000 <laughs> pairs of socks and 400 sweatshirts in the cellar. That was it. I had to go out and get a warehouse. <laughs> That's exactly how That's it was. It. There was shit all over the place, and it was like, you know, I knew where it all was, but she was just so overwhelmed when she got into, so the, ba- into to, the basement. Yeah it's, so, yeah, it's so hard for people to follow along with that, too. You know what I mean? Like, you see, you see what it's going to look like. You yeah. see what it's going to look like. You've got other people in your circle. That don't say wives, oh, yeah. family members. Then it's hard to be able to convey that and keep oh. their motivation and yeah. keep the positivity up with them. So a- nearly actu- impossible. Actually, the biggest thing is he's a great administrator. I can hear just the way he talks. When I have employees, when I had eight employees, I wanted them to all be my like family and friends. It doesn't work that way. Yeah. As much as you'd like to say it, <laughs> mm. you got to treat people the way you want to be treated. You got to be firm and tell them what you want done. And then you can reward them after the fact. But if you give them all the... A lot of that has to do with how we grew up. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. Mike, I have a question for you. Um, (laughs) You better throw that whip away. Yeah. 
Yeah, no, no yeah, we can no, hear you. We, yeah, yeah. we can hear no, you. No, no, you're great. We can hear you. We can hear you. Andrew, you had a question? So, um, one thing, we're kind of going, and there's always two loops to this. It's like, yeah, you're strict on your employees, or you give them that, like, you know, like, other leverage. Like, where's that middle ground? Because you say you like to give, or you want your employees to bring you solutions, right? Yeah. But where does it become, like, where's that, like, middle ground where you start to see it become a little invasive? Like, that whole, you give a guy an inch, they take it a yard type of thing. Like, he starts to think that he's the boss of the company. Like, has that happened to you? And, like, how do you deal with it when you feel like somebody's, like, kind of like, nah, like, I'm trying to, like, run the show when they get in there? So I think that's a good question, mm-hmm. and honestly, what we have really have run into, and I think a lot of it kind of comes to setting the tone of, like, the actual culture, mm-hmm. is the fact is, I tell everybody, the company is, it's, it's not me, it's not you, it's yeah. us. It's hard to answer, yeah. Yeah, and, and so what it really comes down to is the fact is, when you're bringing an idea, it's for all of us to be better. It's not just for yeah. you to be better. Okay. Or for me to be better, it's for all of us to be better. And so I think that's what kind of eliminates kind of some of that causality, the causality that you just brought up is, you know, is like when somebody's pushing too much because what we tell everybody is bring ideas. Let's, like, let's talk about them, figure out if they're going to work because everyone has an idea, but is it really something that you can do? Mm-hmm. And so what, you know, so, so what you do is like you test out the idea with, with a few people, yep. see if it works. And if it does, then you kind of try to yeah. implement it into the actual business. Mm-hmm. But I don't think we've really ever ran into a point where somebody was so pushy to the point they said, you know, well, no, you know, this is my thing now <laughs> is like we're going to do it. No, I, yeah. I mean, I've dealt with people before and like I do the most like a, a real life hostile takeover. They, this is yeah. my and office they start, now. They start, yeah, they yeah. start to get a little too smart. I mean, and. But if I'm on them and I'm like, no, I yelled, and then I like that, and it's like trying to find that middle ground. Like there is like difficulty to it's it. Like, it's just a sixth sense, bro. It's just you yeah. know what I mean. Yeah. And, and, well, the, the and 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 I think part of it also goes to what you're mentioning is again, it goes back to culture. Is you probably got the wrong people. Yeah, is like you have people that think that they're better than everybody else, and that it's it's about me. Yeah, I've and had that's good one of those bed, things yes, is like yeah. you know, and you know, and I'll be honest. Like I said, I'm tough on. You know, myself, I'm tough on people. Is yeah. like I know that I, I can be hard to work for, but you know, like I said, I don't ask anyone to do something I wouldn't do myself. Yeah. But what it really comes down to is sometimes you have to get rid of people that are are toxic or or poisonous because everyone yeah. interviews well, and then when they get in there, and if you know, and if they don't fit well with other people, <laughs> yeah. you know, you you know, you have to get rid of toxicity because that destroys your culture. Yeah, change is definitely strong as the weakest link. Yeah. I don't mean a boss. I just mean you don't want somebody coming to work that, oh, it's my job. Oh, I got to go to work. You want somebody that's going to come and give you those ideas, that's going to come and bring their best foot forward every day. And that's why Mike said when he goes to his offices, he's not just going to the office, slamming his door, ignoring everybody. He's showing them respect just like he would if they were a boss. And a lot of the insurance field, and I don't know if it's a title, but a lot of those people are their own boss. Yeah. Correct, because like I call everybody my colleague, you know, is like I don't walk around saying I'm the owner, I'm the boss or anything else of the sort. Right. I don't even tell people that I'm an attorney. Yeah. You know, is like, you know, is, you know, is like, I talk to everybody like their actual colleagues yeah. and I tell I've people. I've always been like that too. Yeah. Are you just, you're probably not even really comfortable with being referred yeah. like that. Yeah, no, you know? no, exactly. Is I just going to go about my business with that side? But I tell everybody is if you think that this is just kind of a place that, you know, this is just the landing spot, then I'm the wrong place for you because, you know, we're going to run you out of town because you're not going to be able to fit in. Right. But, you know, one of the things about, like, starting a business is the people that you think that will have your back when you start up, they won't have your back. Is, uh, you know, is, like, or people that hope that you um, fall flat on your face. Because I know people, when, we, when Kelly and I started this thing, they're like, oh, yeah, we got your back. We're going to send you deals. It's going to be okay. Nothing. Nada. <laughs> you know the people who sent me the deals? Strangers. Right? Yeah. People that we created relationships with. The people that we thought, you know, is like, you know, she had a friend, you know, and, you know, they, you know, they went to high school together right. forever. Her dad owned a huge mortgage company. And she's like, 
Kelly, when you get this thing going, got I, I got yep. you. You're gonna oh, send business. Yeah, yep. Not one fucking deal. Donut. Nothing. Zero. And that's when you know. And that's when her and I looked at each other and said, "We're on our own." Yeah. You know, yep. it's like people who thought we, you know, who we thought we're gonna do it, don't do it. Yeah. And that's when we realize is, you know, what we get more together than apart. Yeah. And that was one of the things that you know is no matter where we've gone with this thing, is if you talk to any of the branch managers that I have. You know, they feel like this is a family and this is something that's yeah. special. No, that we're building something. Job with that. Yeah, because I can't be everywhere at every place. Right. But what I can be is a phone call or a text message away. And yes, you know, Kelly might say it's a little invasive to my personal life, but I don't know any other way to be. It is what it is. This is who I am. Yeah. And, you know, it's like, and I know at some point maybe I have to work on that a little bit better, but it's like, I love what I do. I love to work. Right. It's like, I wake up every single day and I can't wait to get out of bed. Right. Like I'm that guy right. and, and, and it's, and it's weird, but I don't care. I like yeah. what I do. And well, if you really love what you're doing and you're getting, easy. and you're yeah, getting the success easy. doing it too, you know, winning, winning solves a lot of attitude problems with the team within yourself. Well, it does. But I'll give you an example though, is when things don't go my way, I double down and work even harder because I, because I can't accept failure. Good. And it's one of those things that again, will drive Kelly crazy because all I'll do is talk about things or I'll be like rain man on my whiteboard we got writing things down <laughs> and just and just knocking it out because I I don't know how to right. I don't know how to lose like I'm right. a bad loser. Yeah. I, like I don't like it. Yeah. Like so you know something from experience yeah. I can tell you sometimes the deals you don't get are the best deals you ever had. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's true yeah. And too. I'm telling you cuz yeah. sometimes the deal that you think you want with the headaches and all the shit that comes with it. Right. You're in a, it's a different it's a blessing in yeah, disguise. It's a blessing huh? in disguise. Yeah. You're like, I want it, I want it, and then you go, Oh no, I don't want it. Yeah, and then you get to see what's actually happening. But anyway, for yeah. all the people that are out there that have sm- small businesses, Mike just mentioned something that I would like to chime in on. The bottom line is, if you want good employees, you go out and find them. I got a friend that owns three restaurants, and that's how he finds his employees. He goes to other restaurants and picks the best people. With the best personalities, he tells them he'll pay them more. Come to work for me, I love and they that. never leave when they go with them. Yeah. But he pick he picks people that are just like you know. You walk in, they and they're happy to see you. How many places do you walk in today, and they look at you like something's wrong with you, and they just sit there. They can't even talk to you. And then to make change, if you don't mean to offend the millennials, but if you <laughs> no. guys don't have a computer, <laughs> if I give you yeah, if I give you twenty twenty five. For an 1825 bill, it's a problem. <laughs> it's just they never learn. So yeah. yeah. So, so Mike, so you guys, so, so you've only been in Florida for a few years. Yeah. You were in Colorado. Now you're here. You guys are still expanding. Um, it's one thing to ride that initial wave of enthusiasm and whatnot. Yeah. But how are, you, how are you staying motivated these days? Uh, at, just in general? Just in general. What so, are you doing? What's the mindset like? So... We've taken it from the approach is we look at it like larger companies now is it's about market share. Our goal is market share. We want to continue to increase our brand awareness. We want market share where people are continuing to send more and more deals in to all of the offices as to where we're actually at. And what we're trying to do along the way is show people that there can be a different way to do things and to show our employees also that – their opinions, like we had mentioned, matter, and their voice matters. And that's how we continue to grow. And also, we are trying to do by word of mouth as well. It's just because we do, you know, obviously, you know, recruiters and everything else. Yep. But I'll be honest, the best employees I've gotten has been by someone says, hey, Mike, you need to call so-and-so. Those are the best referrals that I get. Or, or you know, is most of the times when recruiters call, they're just trying to kick the shit down the road. Right. Is so and so didn't work, so now I'm going to give him the mic, and you know, and then he didn't work for Mike, then I give him the German. And, and as, you, as soon as he leaves Mike, if you don't give him a good review, yeah. Mike's being sued. Yeah, yeah. In, in the rental game, we used to call that "pass the trash." Yeah, pass the trash. Yeah, is how is this tenant? Like the oh, they were they were toys. fantastic. Yeah, yeah, you know, it makes it you know it, you know it's very strange in in like running a business just because you're right is. It's so easy to be complacent when you get success. It's so easy to be able to just kind of put it on autopilot and say, you know yeah. what, this is just going to go. 
the problem being is it's got to be your mental mindset and mentality is because if you're that way, your employees are going to be that way. They're like, yo, things are good. We're on easy straight. You know, yeah. just, let's just keep doing what we're doing and just kind of do it is you have to continue to be that motivator. And by them seeing me constantly go out there being involved in the business, I go to work every single day. So, so do you set, do you set benchmarks? And the reason why I'm, I'm asking this is because I was talking with somebody the other day about sports versus business and how much I just miss sports or even like, you know, project based things because you have a start and you have a definitive finish and then you have a break. Right. But it's there, there's our thing and we're going to go for X amount of months or whatever. Yeah. And, and then you restart with business. It's just, it goes, it goes and it goes. Well, yeah, It's like, we just finished 2020. So it is, is I literally got to enjoy the success that we had for one day, December 31st. And then January 1st, everything I did in 2020 didn't matter anymore. Those numbers didn't matter. Every, you know, the money didn't matter. The orders didn't matter. The growth didn't matter because that was last year. You know, everyone's looking towards me and the employees are looking towards me and saying, well, what's 2021 have in store for us? Right. What are we going to do? How are we going to continue to grow? How are we going to be able to continue to put more butts in the seats where there's motivation right. for people to get raises and everything else of the sort? So that falls on me to be able to come up with plans of attack to continue to move forward. So lo- looking back, um, and how, how long ago did you launch all uh, this? Uh, we're, gonna, we're going on our 11th year. Okay. So looking back 11 years ago, what are a couple of things that you've learned about growing a business that you didn't know when you got started that maybe you wish you did. And then a couple of things maybe about yourself yeah. that you didn't realize that maybe you would change. I mean, a lot of us, you know, yeah. well, I wouldn't change anything. Well, there's some things maybe some of us would change. Okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so probably some of the things that I didn't know about starting a business that, that I would share with people is one, it, as I mentioned before, the people that you think that you can rely upon that are sometimes in that inner circle won't be there is the thing that's most important is your spouse or your girlfriend, whatever it's going to be, that's going to be able to help you and support you on that side of it. Because there's some rough days. Is when you're getting something off the ground, you uh-huh. literally feel like you're taking it from every single angle. And that, you know, is that this wasn't meant to be. And that, you know, is, you know I'm not going to lie. There's days that I doubted what the, yeah. what the hell I was doing. And, yeah. and, and people need to know that's no, no normal. No one talks about that. It's normal. And that's the thing is all you see is like, People like uh, the Bill Gates or the you know or Bezos and you know all, you know you know is all these guys and all you think is it was bright-eyed and bushy-tailed and you know it's been amazing. It's not amazing for them and and, and they still have crappy days. Right. I still have mm-hmm. bad days, but I just don't let people see that I have a bad day. Right. And mm-hmm. so the biggest thing that I can say is you know have that support system if it's there, and, and you know and just make sure that you got someone that that wants to be along for that ride because. It's a bumpy ride. You know, this, you know, being an entrepreneur is not for the faint of heart. It's a lonely ride sometimes. And too. it is if a lonely you, ride if, because if you do it by yourself, are, it's very lonely without yeah. being connected to it. You know what I mean? Yeah. So things like this even help out. I used to belong to business networking groups. I mean, I had a thing. I had a thing one time where I was in a licensed apparel. Yeah. And I bought 21,000 Chicago Bulls jackets. So it was a half a million dollar deal. I got him in, and like I was like, people had him on the internet. This is the start of the internet. They were selling them for eighteen dollars. I paid him twenty-one for them. So I'm thinking like, well, this is be a problem because I own them. Anyway. <laughs> I own them anyway. No one else had any of the jackets. Yeah. So I'm sitting. I'll never forget this. And I'm sitting in my office. And I'm going, how am I going to get out of this? And I'm being like, I'm screwed. I got to come up with a half a million dollars in four weeks, and uh, it's going to be a problem. So for some strange reason, I put one of the jackets on, and it was a large, and I take a large, and it was like almost inch and a half short in the sleeve, and then the, the belly was short too. So I put an extra large on, and it fit me perfectly. So most people would call the company up and just you know say, hey, listen, these jackets aren't right. I went down to MVP Sports. I'll never forget about it. I bought a starter jacket. I bought a pro player jacket, all these licensees. I bought all the different competitors, all the jackets, and I brought them back to the office and they all were cut completely different than this particular jacket. They were cut to size right, the right way. So I went over to the the dry cleaner. I said, George, what do you think of this? You do seamstress work. What's going on? He says, oh no, this jacket, this isn't a large, it's cut wrong. So I called the guy up and the next thing I got, I got a call from the CEO. 
That's it. I'll fucking bury you. You'll never buy from us again. But, but he's going nuts. I said, listen, Wally. I says, I'd keep the jackets, but they're wrong. They don't fit. I says, I'll do. I says, I'm willing to pay the $800 for the freight that it costs to get them here, which I shouldn't even have to do that. But um, I'll send it back. I'm going to put a seamstress uh, guy on the plane. He'll be there Monday, you know, to spec the jackets out. I mean, yeah, he's going to come all right. Guy never showed up. I was able to send all the jackets back. But I'll tell you, before that phone call, I'm going to shit in my pants. I'm going, this is a half a million dollar bill. How am I ever going to pay for these, you know? Yeah. Well, and I think that's a, a solid. It just, it just worked out. No, it, it's a solid story because over the 11 years, there have literally been moments where I'm sitting in my office and I'm like, how am I going to make this work? What am I going to do? Because everyone thinks that I make the right decision all the time. I make bad decisions. A the lot problem of being them. is, oh yeah, like everybody else, yeah, is like it. Like I tell my employees, it's adapt and pivot. Yeah, adapt and pivot is okay. I have this situation; it's not going any way. I need to fix it because one of the things that I do that I guess goes back to a little bit of of, of the advice is, just because you're having a shitty day doesn't mean your employees have to have a shitty day. Because right. because I've had so many bosses over the years where is if something's wrong in their personal life or in their work life, it's everyone's problem. Yeah, they make it, they make, on yes. they yeah. make it miserable yeah. for that, everybody. Uh, Correct, and sucks. I've never been that. It's like when I have a problem, I shut my door, I figure it out, and I go about my business. Yep. My employees don't have bad days because I'm having a bad day. Right. Is I think that's one of the things in, in starting a business is because there's stressful moments. It's just because you know you might be cash strapped or things aren't going the way you want to do. Your employees don't need to be like your tell-all book. They don't Correct. need to know the problems that you're having. They want mm-hmm. you to come up with solutions. And that's why you can get away with telling them, come to me with solutions, Correct. not problems. If you're just walking around ranting about everything wrong, Correct. You, cannot, Again, you can no longer demand that of anybody. It goes no. back to what I said, lead by example. And Ooh. that's the hardest part is, is you got to be the leader that they want, not mm-hmm. the leader that they think that they're going to see on television. Right. It's, like it, it's got to be something special. Right. And that's kind of what... I've always tried to do in starting the business and you know and I tell everybody because people come to me like oh I want to start my own business I was like good for you what do you want to do what's your business plan and they and and most of them go well I haven't really thought about it and I said I said think about this way you know before you leap you got to look look at what you're going for come up with some goals figure mm-hmm. out what you're going to do before you go, go throw in the towel at, at like your actual job at the very least come stop people, by startup street you know, or, 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 or i'm sorry yeah or go talk to <laughs> jeremy at startup street that, with a little plug but that's, yeah. a, startup that's, street. that's yeah. a really good point because you know something people you don't have to be all in if you're thinking of doing something you can try it out make a couple of things and put them on etsy or whatever and see how they see how it goes yeah. try it yeah. out you don't have to jump into it with both feet yeah like you know I'm still, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That, that story is not a bull story either. But, but anyway, the, the other thing is that Mike hit the nail on the head for all entrepreneurs that are just, you know, they, they can't figure stuff out. You go in your office and you shut your door and you think about the problem. You don't react with your emotions yep. and get on the phone and pick it up and go, you motherfucker, come get these yep. jackets. Ba, 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 ba. It doesn't work like that. You, if you want more, you get more bees with honey than you do without. You so. really do. Took me a very, very long when time really to learn that. When you think about it, yeah. the problem and figure a way to fix it, you know, in 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 and lots of times it's not even as big as you think it is. You know, and it's funny that you said that because I, I, I used to be very hot-headed when I was younger, when it would come to that, and I would just, I would snap. That was one of the things I was waiting. I, I thought you were going to bring up. Yeah, when. yeah. Is like I'm like because like. I'm, I'm such a high energy person and, you know, is like, I like to be right. And so one of the things and is, I'm doing it, it now. yeah, is I would literally just put people in their place, like other vendors and things. And sort of, I would just snap back like that. One of the things I, I had to learn is take a moment, think through it, type it out. And if I'm still good with it an hour later, I hit send. There and, you go. and, you know, and every once in a while I'll catch myself like where somebody pisses me off and I'm about to pick up the phone and I'm going to ream out somebody because, you know, yeah. it's like we all wow. have competitors. We all have vendors, things that, you know, piss us off sometimes. Shit goes wrong That's all not, the time. It's never going to go away. Right. And the biggest thing that I've just learned over, over the time is in starting a business is, like you said, you get more bees with honey than with vinegar is no one wants to work with the guy that flies off the handle, you know, <laughs> is they want to work with the guy that says, all right. Jeremy, all right. you, you screwed up my exactly. website. Things aren't good. Yep. I'm getting all this porn spam coming How through the filters. This? 
you know, is like, I know, like, I'm very angry with you, but how do we fix it? But if I call and go, you're an idiot. Right, exactly. You screwed me. You, you took you my money. Me. It's like you're going to be like, well, you know what? Yeah. Yeah, I might have screwed up, but, you know, I'm going to let him <laughs> wait a day or two. But if I call and go, look, man, I'm in trouble. I need your help. You're going to say, all right, come by the shop. Let's see what's going exactly. on. Let me see how I can help help fix it. Yeah. Because I've been in both of those situations within the last couple of months. Some, I sold a truck to somebody before I left. He owes me a couple hundred dollars. It's not about that. It's about I helped him when he was in need. Yep. And I'm telling him, hey, you got my money and nothing. So in that aspect, I think, you know, calling him up saying, hey, where the F is my money? Yep. That may have got a lot more water than, hey, man. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, bro. Yeah, or if you owe the money, you call them up and say, "Hi, yeah, man, go get it." Or if go you owe the money, money, if you owe them, you call up and say, "Hey, well, how you feeling?" Well, have you been sick? Well, exactly. And I'm not going to pretend that I'm like the sweetest man on earth over here. Is if somebody owes me money, they owe right, me money. Right. Exactly. Is you know, it, you know, is and it, it's a feel thing. Yeah. You it, know, is certain things I will scorch earth where I need to. Right. You know, but it, but 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 it's not an everyday occurrence where you know what I'm lawyering up and saying, "Okay, right. we're taking everything." Right. But you right. know. You know, is like it reminds me of a funny story. Is like so when we were doing the the work, a guy one time he wrote me a bad check for like forty grand. Is he was closing on a piece of property? It didn't go through. You know, it turned into a whole issue where he owed me about forty thousand dollars. Well, it's an escrow account. He wrote me a bad check. I have to go get the money from him. So he ignores, ignores, ignores. I have to put the money into the account. So I'm taking a forty grand hit. And I and I and I told the guy I said. Make it right. Don't make me go the other route. You know what? I thought about it, Mike, and you can go fuck yourself. And I said, <laughs> okay. I said, you want to rephrase that for me before you see what really go fuck yourself means. Right. And he goes, nope, I'll stick with that. I said, okay. I said, you know what? Have a great day because this will be the last great day that you have. So wow. it takes – oh, yeah. It literally goes – so he doesn't hear anything for a little bit. And I was like, okay. So I do the legal thing. He owes me a check. He wrote me a bad check. He doesn't realize that when, you know, it's in a felony. States, That's yeah. a felony. Yeah. Exactly. So Especially I go that route. No, no, no. It gets better. I said, you know what? I said, the way that I want to handle this is, you know what? I'm going to teach this guy a lesson. He might be 50 years old, and I'm, right. thir- you know, and I'm 30-something at the time, but you know, I'm going to show him that, you know what, this isn't how you treat people. Right. So I go through the criminal side of it. However, because I'm a kind guy, I also go the civil route, and I say, you know what, getting in trouble with the, you know, the felony isn't right. really enough. We're going to go the <laughs> other route. You have a church that was deeded to you by your grandfather, and it means the world to you. Uh-oh. You supposedly have no money. I go and I get a judgment. I get the judgment. I record the judgment against the church. At that standpoint, we take it a step further. It's foreclosure time. Uh oh. He's hemming and hawing. He's begging. Please don't do this. Please don't do this. This church has been in my family for 200 years. Ba ba ba. I said, I'm sorry, but I remember you telling me to go fuck myself. And he goes, I'm really sorry, Mike. That was just the wrong thing. You caught me on the wrong day. And I said, you know what, man? I said, I gave you so many chances to make this right. And I right. said, I feel the only way to be able to make me right is we need to follow through with this. Because other people need to know that you just don't write bad checks and right. then think that I'm going to cough up the money. Because right. I've been without my money for about a year and a half while I tracked you down. Right. We foreclosed on his church. It went to sale. He hemmed and he hawed and he begged and pleaded. It got sold. Really? He, he lost his church. <laughs> Moral of the story? In business? Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Wouldn't it be great if he became a, a, pa- a pastor and came out and did the sermon before the church? Yeah. Well, my wife had made the joke while, while we foreclosed on it. You can have the church and Mike because you have so many followers. There you go. Yeah. But, nice. But... It is like it goes to his point is every scenario. Yes, you do have to kind of be a little bit because you have to stick up for yourself because the other side of our industry and any industry is if people think that they can walk on you. Yeah, you're going to have problems. Yeah. And so, yes, you know, is to 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 your point. I try everything possible to not need for that side of me to come out because I don't want that to be my normal thing. 
You but know? it's a feel thing. It is. is when you have to go that route, like any business, you yeah. got to get your money back because no one can be in the business of writing forty thousand dollars checks, ten thousand dollars checks, or you know a half million dollar half starter million jackets. Dollar is like wrongly sized starter it, jackets. Is you have to stand up for yourself in your business because right. it goes to. If you don't respect yourself, yeah. no one's going to respect you. And that makes life very difficult. And you know something? The interesting thing is don't ever be afraid of the DAs or the judges or any of that shit. Because I'm telling you right now, if I knew what I knew now, because I was living in Massachusetts in, uh, what's the um, company? Uh, Overstock.com. They had just started out. So they had a customer because we had bought 2.6 million hats. And they had a customer owner buy 20,000 hats down here. Sent him all the stuff with COD tags on them. It was $450 in COD tags. He goes, I'm not paying that. I says, fine. It's just tell the guy, take all the tags off. I mean, leave all the tags on. I'll reimburse the check for 450 No, no, no I'm only taking it with, with the one tag. So I basically told the guys, my partner, I said, listen, you ship this shit, it's on you because I know what he's going to do. He's going to keep all the boxes except the one with the COD tag, and he's keeping them all. Sure than shit, he did it. We're out $21,000. I called uh, a detective down here. He said, this guy's a scumbag. He's been doing this for years. I'm going to nail him. Had a beautiful case against him, and the DA calls up, and he goes, it's a civil matter. It's not a criminal matter. And I'm there. What do you mean it's a civil matter? If I knew what I knew now, right. I would have told the DA, if you think it's a civil matter, the, channel, the news channels will be there in two hours because I'm going to tell them how you operate your office. You can't be afraid of them because, you know, it's yeah. just the shit that they do is unbelievable. Yeah. It's now, t- if you put a high-profile name to it, 10 seconds later, they'll be down with a warrant trying to bring the guy to, to, to jail. And that kind of goes to my point of like the story. It's a funny story. Now, going through it, it sucked because we were yeah. at a position when we first started the company that that was a big— That's a major cash flow hit. It was right a major there. cash flow hit because, because the underwriter requires that you put the money in. Right. It's a not-my-problem kind of situation. So it was it was— on top of all the other things I'm dealing with, I'm dealing with the fact now I'm putting money into right. like a bit. It's an escrow account. You should have known better. Correct. That's against the law. Exactly. Exactly. So it was just a bad. So did the guy apologize to you after he lost his church? Or... No, he told me to go fuck myself again. Again? <laughs> <laughs> but it was too late. I put him the voicemail at that standpoint. Well, glad you told me to go fuck myself because if you buy another church, I want to hear from you. Yeah, yeah, there you go. But no. So, so listen, we got we to get wrapped up here, okay? Thank you guys for your time. I had a lot of fun. Mike, I really... Exactly. No, that story there just made the whole entire thing worth it. And your team is going to love hearing that story if they don't know it already. So I don't tell it very um, often, actually. No, you don't. I know you, I know you don't. So, um, Mike, for anybody that's interested in possibly working with you in whatever capacity, how do they get a hold of you? Where can they find you guys? Yeah, so essentially our website is tiagotitle.com, T-I-A-G-O-T-I-T-L-E. Dot com and my email is Mike M I K E at TiagoTitle dot com. Uh, we're always happy to help you guys on any transactions and 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 if you're just starting off in real estate as well, all of our offices are more than happy to help and teach people along the way to be able to kind of you know is if you're walking through your first deal, if you're an investor or if you're buying your deal, is like we we made our our like our pay dirt in the very beginning of starting this company by I literally used to help people read their title commitments for deals that weren't even mine just to be able to get some type of credit with people that will say, hey, you know what, I helped, I helped one of your buyers out. When you get a, your next deal, send me a deal. It's like we've always tried to be able to go that extra mile to help people out. So, And we still do that to this day. We're always here to help people. Nice. Nice. I love it. I love it. Well, listen, uh, guys. Thank you I guys appreciate for having it. me. Yeah, I appreciate everybody luck, listening. Great. Yeah. Make sure you subscribe, follow, all that appreciate good it, stuff. Brother. Best of luck Until down the there. next time. <laughs> <laughs>
Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com podcast. That's Indeed.com podcast. Terms and conditions apply.